Today is the 19th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you on this 19th day of the brand new year. And it's great to be around the global campfire as we take the next step forward, the 19th step forward in the scriptures this year which will lead us back into the book of Genesis and back into the story of Joseph, who is one of the sons of Israel, one of Jacob's sons. And so let's dive in. We're reading from the Christian Standard Bible this week. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through 41, verse 16. Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned, in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, With me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house, and he has put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil, and how could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now, one day, he went into the house to do his work, and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, Sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had run outside, she called her household servants Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make a fool of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. She put Joseph's garment beside her until his master came home, and she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. When 
his master heard the story his wife told him. These are the things your slave did to me. He was furious and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority and he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything that he did successful. After this, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were looking distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is its interpretation, Joseph said to them. The three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison for I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation, Joseph replied. The three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh from your body. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all his servants he elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. 
Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Pharaoh hanged the chief baker, just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. At the end of two years, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing beside the Nile when seven healthy-looking, well-fed cows came up from the Nile and began to graze among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, sickly and thin, came up from the Nile and stood beside those cows along the bank of the Nile. The sickly, thin cows ate the healthy, well-fed cows. And Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven heads of grain, plump and good, came up on one stalk. After them, seven heads of grain, thin and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven plump, full ones. And Pharaoh woke up, and it was only a dream. When morning came, he was troubled, so he summoned all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I remember my faults. Pharaoh was angry with his servants, and he put me and the chief baker in the custody of the captain of the guards. He and I had dreams on the same night. Each dream had its own meaning. Now a young Hebrew, a slave of the captain of the guards, was with us there. We told him our dreams. He interpreted our dreams for us, and each had its own interpretation. It turned out just the way he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was hanged. Then Pharaoh was sent for Joseph, and they quickly brought him from the dungeon. He shaved changed his clothes and went to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said about you that you can hear a dream and interpret it. I am not able to, Joseph answered Pharaoh. It is God who will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Matthew 12, 46 through 13, 23. While he was still speaking with the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to the one who was speaking to him, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down 
while the whole crowd stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, Consider the sower who went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil, and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and thorns came up and choked it. Still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. Then the disciples came up and asked him, Why are you speaking to them in parables? He answered, Because the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given for you to know, but it has not been given to them. For whoever has, more will be given to him, and he will have more than enough. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That is why I speak to them in parables, because looking they do not see, and hearing they do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You will listen and listen, but never understand. You will look and look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn back, and I would heal them. Blessed are your eyes because they do see, and your ears because they do hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see the things you see, but didn't see them, to hear the things you hear, but didn't hear them. So listen to the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no roots and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among the thorns this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on the good ground, this is one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields some a hundred, some sixty, some thirty times what was sown. Psalm 17 A prayer for protection A prayer of David Lord, hear a just cause Pay attention to my cry Listen to my prayer From lips free of deceit 
Let my vindication come from you, for you see what is right. You have tested my heart. You have examined me at night. You have trained me and found nothing evil. I have determined that my mouth will not sin. Concerning what people do, by the words from your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps are on your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call on you, God, because you will answer me. Listen closely to me. Hear what I say. Display the wonders of your faithful love. Savior of all who seek refuge from those who rebel against your right hand. Protect me as the pupil of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who treat me violently, my deadly enemies who surround me. They are uncaring. Their mouths speak arrogantly. They advance against me. Now they surround me. They are determined to throw me to the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear, like a young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, Lord. Confront him. Bring him down. With your sword, save me from the wicked. With your hand, Lord, save me from men, from the men of the world whose portion is in this life. You fill their bellies with what you have in store. Their sons are satisfied, and they leave their surplus to their children. But I will see your face in righteousness. When I awake, I will be satisfied with your presence. Proverbs 3 33 through 35. The Lord's curse is on the household of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks those who mock, but gives grace to the humble. The wise will inherit honor, but he holds up fools to dishonor. Okay, so we have several things going on as we do each and every day that we move through the scriptures. And so looking back into the book of Genesis, as we really get fully immersed in the story of Joseph, who is the favored son of Jacob, whose name has become Israel. And so he had the coat of many colors and he was a child in Jacob's old age. And so his other brothers despised him. Uh, in part because of the affection that his father had for him that was different than the rest of the brothers. But also because uh, he's a teenager, he's a teenage boy, and so um, he has dreams. And obviously, like later on, he becomes an interpreter of dreams. That's one of the things that we were reading about today. So obviously, these dreams have significant uh, significance in his life, but he's a 
kid. He doesn't know exactly how to interpret what he's seeing. And so he tells his family. But the way that the dreams go are that the family ends up bowing down to him. And so he has a couple of dreams and the brothers just hate him for these dreams. Even his dad is kind of like, really? You think we're going to bow down to you? And so as the story goes, there's animosity specifically toward Joseph. Among all of the children of Israel, there's some animosity toward Joseph. He's a boy coming of age. And uh, that can be problematic in a difficult time in any young boy's life and in the family's life as well. So this is all going on, but there is favoritism going on as well. And Joseph kind of reports back to his dad what his brothers are doing. So he's kind of like the tattletale. And as it turns out, Joseph is sent to find his brothers and find out how they're doing. And he has to go on a pretty long journey. If he's going from, from the south near the Negev all the way to Shechem, he's got to go pretty far to the north to find them. And as the story goes, they see him from far off. They decide, let's end the dreaming by ending the dreamer. Let's kill him. I was like, let's be done with him. He ends up being thrown into a pit. They take his precious robe, his, this unique gift given to him by his father. This robe is taken from him. But he retains his integrity. His clothes aren't his character. He retains his integrity even as he's thrown by his own family into a pit while they figure out what they're going to do. And can you imagine Joseph in a pit in the middle of the desert screaming for help and no one coming to help him? Just kind of being in this pit and left there. And then he gets pulled from the pit only to be transferred into the hand of the Ishmaelites trafficked by his own family. And he is taken into Egypt where he is sold into slavery. Well sold, I guess, as I guess if, if you can think of it in those terms, he ends up in Potiphar's house, so he ends up in a high-ranking official's home and his integrity is intact and his hope isn't lost. He isn't bitter he's he's not in a corner going huh why is this happening to me he's holding on to god to figure out where this whole story is going and in short order he becomes the the supreme leader of pharaoh's house he's in charge of his household and of course pharaoh's wife notices that he's handsome and well built and she wants a little of that action. And so she goes and asks for it, and he won't, he won't go to bed with her. And this goes on and on and on, right? She keeps pressuring him and pressuring him and pressuring him, and he keeps telling her, I can't, like, I can't do that. I cannot break trust with my master. I cannot sin against God. And so one day they're alone, and she presses in on him, and he has to remove himself, and he flees, and he... Uh, he leaves his robe behind. This is like the second time this has happened. His robe has been taken from him again. 
and yet he flees with his character and integrity intact. And for all of that, for this young man who is vital and handsome and good-looking and desirable, for all of his integrity and character, where does he end up? In another dungeon, in another pit. He had been thrown into a pit in the desert, and now he is in a pit after losing his robe again. Now he's in the dungeon, and he hasn't done anything wrong. And he has to stay there for years. And of course, he does interpret some dreams, and those dreams come true, and it eventually gets him out of the dungeon and before Pharaoh. And that's got to be crazy culture shock if you've been for years in a dungeon and the next thing you know, guards are coming in going, get a bath, boy, shave. You're going to see Pharaoh. And he ends up in front of Pharaoh and he's told a dream that he needs to interpret. And we'll pick up the story from there, but we're watching a story unfold that has many, many layers to it. And one of those layers are that what Joseph is wearing is not who Joseph is. And even when we find ourselves in the corner going, why is this happening to me? The story of Joseph allows us to understand that maybe we're in the middle Maybe this is the part of the story where there's challenge and difficulties to overcome, but maybe this isn't the end of the story. Because as we will see in the coming days, this is not the end of Joseph's story. And then we move into the book of Matthew. And Jesus begins now to teach with parables. And there will be many parables that we will encounter as we continue our journey through the book of Matthew. But a parable is a, like an illustration story, a story that says more than just the words, pictures that mean more than the words, and nuances that allow for many layers so that like a, a parable story can be pondered and looked at from many different angles, and many truths can emerge from these parables. This is part of a rabbinic tradition to teach your disciples using parables. And in the parable today, Jesus says, Consider the sower who went out to sow, and he sowed some, feet, some seed. And so as the story goes, a sower goes out to sow and he sows a field that has different kinds of soil in it, different kinds of terrain. And the way that the seed gets established in the soil depends upon the soil that the seed fell upon. In this case, Jesus gives the interpretation. When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. So seed was sown along a path. For us, we need to consider in our hearts what kind of soil 
are we? What type of soil is available to the seed of the good news of God's kingdom? If we are the path, then we hear the word about the kingdom, but we don't understand it, and it's easily snatched away from us. So, if we're the path, what do we do? Seek understanding. The reason that it was stolen away was because the person didn't understand. But there's other soil, and, the, and I'm quoting from Jesus, and the one sown on rocky ground, so seed that fell on soil that is rocky, this is one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. But he has no root and is short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. So what do we do if we're rocky soil? What do, what do we do if we're the person who hears and we rejoice and we're like, yes, I'm in. Yes, absolutely count me in. But there are rocks all around so that the roots cannot go deep. We cannot get rooted because there's no soil to take root. And so when, when we're challenged, according to Jesus, when distress or persecution comes, so when we're challenged, we aren't rooted. And so we immediately fall away. So what do we do if we're rocky soil? I, I have to deal with rocky soil. Like, like we have a farm and we have to take care of it and it has rocky soil. And I have learned that you can kind of deal with the rocky soil. You can work around it. But if you want it to be fertile, you want to use it for something, you got to dig up the rocks. You, you got to get them out of there. And so if we are rocky soil, if we believe in the good news of the kingdom of God, but anytime we're challenged, anytime we have to face hardship, we find ourselves shaking our fist at the sky going, why are you letting this happen to me? Then we need to get rooted. And in order to get rooted, we need to take a look at the soil in our hearts, the hardness, the rockiness, and begin to work with the Holy Spirit in removing the rocks so that there is good soil. And then there's the thorny soil. So some seed falls on soil that is thorny. And according to Jesus, this is one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So what do we do if we're thorny? And isn't that what it feels like? The worries of the world, the worries that we're carrying around on our shoulders, the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of wealth, like this treadmill that we're running on thinking that we can achieve and achieve and achieve, and it becomes a distraction that we spend our whole lives trying to pursue feels like thorns. Anxiety and worry feel like thorns in our gut, right? And so what do we do if we're 
thorny soil, we begin to become aware that the worries of life, the worries of this age, the deceitfulness of our pursuits are distracting us. And then finally, there is seed that was sown on good ground and it bore fruit. Some a hundred, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. And so we look at this and go, I mean, we can look at this from lots of different angles and it's been taught from lots of different angles, but I read this and I go like, what kind of soil am I? Because the goal here is to become good soil that bears fruit. And what fruit do we want to bear? The fruit of the Spirit. But we need to look at the soil. We need to get out and walk around and investigate the terrain of our hearts. And so, Father, we invite you into all this. That's a lot we've covered today. We thank you for the examples that are in the story of Joseph. We thank you for all that they have for us to learn about our own lives. And we thank you that the story of your people is unfolding before us in the book of Genesis. And Jesus, we thank you for the way that you taught, the way that you were gentle and kind, but, but willing to step into things when they were simply wrong and make corrections and the way that you have given us these stories to ponder and contemplate and consider. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to help us examine the soil of our hearts today. What kind of soil are we? And the truth is we can be all of these kinds of soil in different areas of our lives. But it's our desire to be good soil that produces good fruit for your kingdom. Help us. We will never navigate this without you. Help us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base, and that is where you can find out what is going on around here. Unless you're using the Daily Audio Bible app and then you have it in the palm of your hand, just push the drawer icon in the upper left-hand corner of the main app screen and that will open up a drawer. And uh, check out the different sections. Check out the Daily Audio Bible shop. There are resources there in the shop for the journey that we are on in a number of categories. And so uh, look into that. And of course, the community section is where to get connected, different links to the social media channels that we are a part of, uh, as well as the prayer wall there in the community section. So dive in and get connected in any way that you want to, any, any way that you can. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, thank you profoundly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Where the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can for sure hit the hotline button in the app, and that should work wherever you may be in the world, as long as you have an internet connection. 
Or there are a number of numbers that you can dial in the Americas, 877-942-4253 is the number to call. If you are in the UK or Europe, 442036-088078 is the number to call. And if you are in Australia or that part of the world, 613-8820-5459 is the number to dial. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hello, everyone. It's Luolan in China. I'm Tommy. This is my fiance. We are going to go to his hometown for Spring Festival, Chinese New Year. His parents and his sister and her fiance, they are not believers. And for a long time, his parents have believed in this other God. So we're requesting prayer that when we go back, that God would give us wisdom and discernment, know what to say, what not to say, whether we should speak or whether the, his parents should just see our lives and see his light in our lives or both. And that God would protect us from spiritual forces and we would know what to do, that he would give us strength. Jinyao will pray in Chinese. Please join with us. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Hey, Dab family. It's Jonathan from Denver. It is 11.48 a.m. on Saturday, Saturday, January 14th. My goodness, I can't talk today. Uh, good morning. I hope you're all doing well. I'm praying for our students and our young people this year. And yesterday, I called in for Renzo from Florida. And lo and behold, today, he was on the program uh, asking for prayers for his thought life and for purity. Um, and I just want to pray for you. Uh, join me in prayer. Lord God, thank you for Renzo from Florida. Thank you for his example that he sets for all the dabbers. Um, I ask that you would just keep his mind on that which is pure and lovely and good uh, and help him to be a light for you in joy and in peace every single day. Guide him, love him, and guide each of us and love each of us. I also wanted to pray for Anonymous and her husband, who's pretty severely mistreated her. Bring him back to you and back to her. Show him that what he's done is wrong and help him to uh, reconcile with those that love him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise 
Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I love you all, Dab family. Have a great weekend. Take care of yourselves. Love How do you answer when the doctor says cancer? And your heart sinks down through the floor. And you're filled with so much dread and hopelessness that it's impossible to ignore. Your dreams are shattered, your hopes curtailed, your entire life has been derailed. Clutching wildly in vain for a straw, you hope the doctor's report contains some kind of flaw. Well, it's from this place of last resort that I've come to make a praise report. Because <laughs> even though my eyes no longer see, I know you're always right there with me. I know you care, you hear my prayer, and contrary to popular belief, my pain you share. So when the doctor says cancer, here's how I answer. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. And even if the cancer might do its thing, I'm gonna still sing praises to Jesus Christ, my King. And if he heals me, it'll be a very beautiful day. But even if he don't, it's still okay. Cause greater is he that's in my life than all the cancer with distress and strife. Sidebar, my PSA went from 23 to 1.8 in six short weeks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and my mouth is saying, hallelujah, how could that be? It can only be because you were right there with me. BlindTony1016 at gmail.com. I'd like to give a shout out to Bayola and Byron from Florida. I haven't heard from either one of y'all lately. Know that you're in my prayers daily and in my thoughts often. Love you. And uh, once again, Brian and the Harden family, thank you for this wonderful podcast for God's Holy Spirit to flow. Keep it flowing, y'all. All right. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Winter, and I have a praise report. Many years ago, when my parents got married, they got mini appliances and they set up our house so that we could wash dishes and do laundry and, and cook and hold food in the fridge and things like that. Mini appliances. Some were gifts, some were bought off the side of the road after they were abandoned. Many different appliances. And they all broke down, right? They, they all broke down this year. It's been 25 years in some cases, and some of them only just broke down. It's, it's amazing that they even lasted this long. But God had waited until we could afford all of these new appliances so that we could buy them. So there's one major gift, right? But here's the deal. The world is slowly going into a recession and God waited just before the recession and just after we could afford it so that we could get these appliances and last through the recession without them breaking. I have faith that God is going to take care of our family with these appliances. So I'm very thankful at this time to God that even though we're making several thousand dollars worth of purchases because everything broke at the same time, he is taking care of us because we wouldn't be able to afford these in even a year's time, I think. So 
Praise be to the Lord. And if you guys are noticing other things are breaking, it's most likely because God is going to take care of the future you rather than the present you right now. So praise to the Lord. I'll see you guys later. And I'm praying for you all. Hi, this is Lori Ann from South Carolina, and I'm calling in to pray for Renzo. And I would hope that all of you will please join me as I pray for him today. Our dear Father, Father God, we love you and we praise you for everything that you've given us. We praise you for the miracles that you give us every single day. And today, Father, I'm coming before you and your son, Jesus Christ, to ask you to please put your loving arms around Renzo. He is three years clean from pornography and Satan is trying his best to open his eyes to see the enemy to he's trying to stumble him he's trying to put everything he can in his path so that so that he would go back to a life that he no longer wishes to have and father i just pray that you wrap renzo up i pray that you that you guard his eyes i pray that you send angels and a hedge of protection and i pray that you send ten thousand warring angels and chariots to surround renzo so that the the weapon cannot reach him we know that no weapon that is formed will prosper but but no one ever said the weapon wouldn't be formed. The weapon has been formed. We just know that it will not prosper as far as we're Hello, Dab family. Happy New Year. This is Dr. Mac, Alexandria, Virginia. I just heard a prayer request from Anonymous, North Carolina, who is married to a minister who has been ill-treating her. I'm going to pray for you as you requested that God touches his heart. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up my sister, minister's wife, before you. I pray, first of all, that you touch her and strengthen her, and let her know that you're with her. And many of the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver us from them all. Deliver her from all the afflictions that she is receiving from her husband, who is seemingly so mean to her. Father, meet her every need, touch his heart, and cause him to know that this is not your will for him as a man of God. And also I want to pray for the anonymous person who lost her nephew. I ask you, Father God, that you would touch that family and bring healing, bring comfort, bring strength in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for all the damn families, all the hearers, all those who are praying. Pray that 2023 will be a year of success, a year of peace, that you would arise and shine in us, that our light will come and your glory will arise upon us. And bless you, Heavenly Father, for you being so good, so awesome, so amazing, that no matter what we go through, you're going to take us through. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.